God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And uh, it seems like it's uh, we have an anniversary, right, J6? And the media wants to make every little get every little piece of ounce of juice out of it, right? They want to milk it for all it's worth. And this is their annual event now. And you know, Molly Hemingway came out with a uh, you know actually a really good article, uh, basically talking about J six hysteria. And it's all over, it's trending all over social media about how the media is still, you know, going after this. But, you know, they have photographs of the J-5 bomber. And so the FBI is in in Eric uh, and uh, A.G. Garland won't leave any stone unturned. They're going to go after every level, every aspect of that. And uh, of of those who were there that day, who walked into the, who may have walked into the Capitol building, never mind the fact that the Capitol Police murdered Ashley Babbitt, never mind the fact that that, uh, they were welcoming people in with tea and trinkets. I mean, there's video footage of them welcoming people in. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows it. Who wants to see the truth? Who wants to know that there's more to this story than meets the eye? That Secret Service member Richard Burr, who shot Ashley Babbitt, did so in a way that was unjust he pulled out his gun and he fired and killed and murdered a war uh, an air force veteran with a backpack all he had to do is tackle her but no she was white he was black it does, it's not racial you know i mean they constantly have a double standard 
You know, Andrew Como, for example, they're dropping the charges on him. How about the uh, initial infiltrators or the initial mob uh, people that were organizing? They, they dropped the charges on them. So they dropped the charges on anybody that is going to either reveal the truth or or happens to be on the liberal side of things. They're dropping charges left and right. Nobody's getting charged for anything. You know, whether you're a whistleblower, you're Jussie Smollett, or you're Ghislaine Maxwell, somehow you never get a sentence. You know, I wonder what's going to ever happen to the Waukesha murderer. You know, I mean, how about the guy who burned down the $500,000 tree in Fox News over Christmas? He was out the next day, or he was at the tree lighting when they rebuilt the tree. It's unbelievable the mess that the Democrats have made because they've picked and choose winners. As soon as Lady Justice takes off the blindfold, you're in for a heap of trouble. You got, you know, I reported this yesterday, and Emmanuel Macron said he's going to make unvaccinated people's lives a living hell. And again, that's uh, treating one set of population differently than the other. They used to call that Jim Crow laws. They used to call that discrimination. They used to call that racism. They're talking about in New York City with this rationing of things. They're talking about hunger games going on in New York City. Could you imagine? Wouldn't that be something? And meanwhile, you know, there are still some courts, thanks to Donald Trump, that reject the Democrats' notion. That was our one saving grace. That's one of the things that's going to make the United States the last beacon on the hill is that we have a constitution and a court system that's going to protect our constitution and hopefully these Democrat extremist policies will keep losing in court. We shall see. But I was going through this article uh, in part of my research for today. And again, I'm I'm banned on Facebook. And uh, I guess I'm banned for 30 days. I'm not sure. Uh, I saw one thing that indicated a week and another that indicated 30 days. I don't know. I don't really even care anymore. Meta. Um, The one thing that I do know is that their efficacy, if anybody were to believe in the big tech censorship, anybody were to believe in them and allow them to have sway over their thinking, must realize that they're a political arm of the liberal Democrat Party. They are run by Marxists, socialists, and globalists. And the globalists bring the promise of a world market. It used to be that without before globalism, 
things were tied pretty much to your own market. But this corporate greed has gotten so much that they want access to all these other markets, too, for insurance. Fiduciary duty to bring more profits to your shareholders. But we've lost our way. When you sell out your country for profit, you've lost your way. And you should be, you should be boycotted until you come into play, come into focus, and do what's right for those who really got you there. I mean, these big multinational corporations were not always multinational corporations when they started. It was the American taxpayer that bought their products that made them rich. Where's the gratitude for that? The article over at The Federalist writes that New York City is turning COVID treatment into a racial hunger game. Into a racial hunger games. We might not have a shortage of these treatments today, but what happens when we do? New York City is turning health care into a veritable hunger games at the race of its citizens is becoming a major consideration in the distribution of life-saving coronavirus drugs. In this iteration of the sadistic experiment, the New York City game makers, call them game makers in quotes, are working to manipulate the arena to advantage racial minorities and disadvantage others. Haven't we seen enough of this reparations BS? You know, and the people that are advocating for reparations and segregation and entitlements among the black populations are all the left-wing ration, left-wing portion of that group. A group that represents about 15% of the American population 15%, they want to dominate every aspect of our airways, all because we got some Marxist president named Barack Obama, a radical jihadi who practices Islam. And, uh, you know, I could care less what your religion is, but when you bring your politics into a divisive format and you, you endorse people who endorse Sharia law and other things that are unconstitutional, I have a problem with you. But I've said it ever since Ferguson, where Black Lives Matter started, Black Lives Matter was designed to divide the black population. It was designed to divide, divide black conservatives from black liberals. And the reason why they did that is because they hedged their bets. And it's exactly what Macron is doing today with his own population. It's a tactic that's proven to work, and that's why they are continue to do it. They're continuing to do this. And what are they continuing to do? Divide and conquer. So Black Lives Matter did it successfully. It was always about dividing If you can, and we've heard this during the Obama years, they're trying to get the Republicans to fight with each other. 
And the Republicans are all too happy to do it. You got these different sleeves, these different strains of conservatism. And although you'll hear someone pragmatically say, oh, it's a big tent. We, we, we're all inclusive. That's great. But we have more dissent and division than the, than the Democrats ever had. Because when they needed it most, they even got Joe Manchin to vote for impeaching the president. So I don't care what you say about Joe Manchin and how great he's been lately. What a rock star Joe Manchin is. I'm sorry, folks. But if you turn an eye, a blind eye like Senator Cassidy did or, or Senator Manchin, and you turn a blind eye to where you're able to impeach the President of the United States for something he didn't do wrong in a process where he never had a say, he didn't have a voice, he didn't have an argument. I'm sorry, folks, but I don't care how great you are lately with build back better denial and, you know, stepping in the way of that. It doesn't take a a rocket scientist to figure out that build back better was going to increase inflation and it's not transitory, it's permanent. And that the raises that we get aren't enough to su- su- uh, support the cost, of the rise in uh, in goods and services. And that uh, it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure out that this inflation is targeted toward green energy initiatives. That's why beef and oil are the two areas where the inflation's been hit the worst. And they could blame corporate supply chain and corporate greed all they want. But it's a it's not it's never a coincidence to this degree. So I uh I still have a problem with Joe Manchin. But we got to get we got to get it back. You know, so the courts are standing in the way. But still, they want to divide and conquer. Macron, I cannot believe the words that came out of his mouth. Macron, unbelievable, saying that he's going to make unvaxxed lives a living hell. Black Lives Matter did it with dividing the conservatives from the liberals. And then when they finally succeeded at that, because they figured 70% of the black population votes liberal. 30% votes conservative. That was starting to shift. And I think that's why they felt the need to do it. And they, they, they were going in a left-wing direction. They were going, they made the, 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 the turn. They were going to make that decision to push their liberal agenda further to the left. They were going to start coming out with these abolish ICE vehicles. And remember, the timing is perfect. When did Michael Brown happen? When did Ferguson happen? It happened all during the Obama watch. Remember Eric Holder was still the AG? And he went out there to Ferguson and he hobnobbed with the sheriffs and the black leadership over there and then they send Al, Al Sharpton out there 
to smooth things over. Remember that. They were dividing America. But first they were dividing the black population. Somehow Obama knew. The secret sauce. The Hillary Clinton hot sauce. And they got it. And they divided the black communities. Hurt the black communities. In big time ways. And they ultimately and eventually took their show on the road and blamed the police. And then took that momentum, which was a baby step to divide black America, but then they took it and they divided America. And they got morons like LeBron James. And uh, I remember four in the Indianapolis at the time, Rams, coming out with their hands up, don't shoot. And they were pushing that. And that's how they got corporate endorsement. Corporate fundraising to come out. And they divided America. Just like Macron is doing today with the Vax. And again, Macron is a self-described socialist. He worked for the Uland administration in in the uh, finance. He was the economist for Ulan. Ulan was a socialist. And they have an election coming up, by the way. They have an election coming up in France. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here because I think he bit off more than he could chew, Macron. And I'm hoping one day these people that vote will wise up and realize that right is right. You know when your adversary, you know, you know, like if Trump were to do that, I would say, you know, I still have a problem with it. I mean, you know, Trump's winning, but Trump would never do this. He would never do what Macron did. He would never do uh, what Manchin did. He would never do. He would never turn a blind eye to due process. That's That's been Trump's biggest asset, in my opinion, is that he would tell the truth Regardless of who was the who were the players, he would look at things from a tangible right and wrong perspective, and he would take every case individually. So when they asked him the question about who's guilty in Charlotte, everybody knew that it wasn't the white self-proclaimed white supremacist group that was causing trouble. It was the Antifa group or the Black Lives Matter group that was causing trouble. So no matter how much you would dislike a white supremacist group, if there ever is one, I've never seen one in my life, but somehow the liberals know where all these white supremacists are. Most of the time, they're Democrats disguised as white supremacists to try to call Trump supporters racist. That's uh, Jesse Smollett comes to mind. Bubba Wallace from NASCAR comes to mind. And they always get the FBI to help them. But in addition, you got uh, McAuliffe's armed bandits with their tiki torches, right? They were all Democrats, white boys. You know, to me, that's the biggest crime. These people should end up in jail or at least their careers should be ended. But nobody ever follows up with these things. And it's really disturbing. 
that you could actually play a race card completely fabricated. So when they were, you know, I loved it when they asked Trump, who's, you know, do you blame the white supremacists who you've stoked the flames of and they support you that they started this violence in Charlottesville? And he was like, I think that both sides had winners and losers on both sides. Oh, my God. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe Trump said that. That's yeah, because Trump didn't know who the instigator was. And it turned out that the person who got the certification for the event was a, an Obama supporter who put that thing up. And there was footage of the white supremacists and Black Lives Matter and Antifa people all on the same bus going to the same parade. They were supposed to fight each other later in the day, but in the morning they were all having breakfast together. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like these actors, you know, and they were using actors in many of these cases. But you think back at the timing of Ferguson and Black Lives Matter and when they went out to divide and conquer, they started with the black community and they then extended it to make it an anti-police thing and they fundraised off of it. And they used it to try to get Hillary Clinton elected. They perfected it with Biden, even though Biden didn't even know what was going on because Biden doesn't have half a brain. They said that Biden has the mentality of a 95-year-old. I believe it. Even though he's 78 or whatever he is. I don't know what he is. He's, he's getting there. But it doesn't matter. He could be 64. If he's frail and sick and not with it upstairs... Just like Trump said, he's known 90-year-olds that have been together with it. You know, Betty White, you know, when they said on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, Betty White, there a big celebration coming for Betty White. If you go to the checkout store, checkout counter, and you'll see a People magazine, and it'll say Betty White turns 100. (laughs) Now, when they said her birthday was January 17th, I said, man, I hope she makes it. And I was, something went through me. Like they were counting, they were being too, they were counting their chickens before they hatch, you know, and I was like, whoa, she's got to make it to say, <laughs> she's, you know, and I said, well, what are the odds? You know, she's out there tweeting, you know, some things or maybe her handlers were, but that same day she, she died. And, uh, didn't make it to uh, 2022. That was the last, I think, the last negative event that happened in 2021 was Betty White dying, 99 years old. But, uh, wow, she was always someone I liked. Um, but in any case, I want to get to... Uh, there was a uh, there was a there was this Macron thing, but I want to get to some of my social media. What's left of it? <laughs> what is left of Scott's social media? Because I have a few things I'm going to be resorting to, like for example, today's the J- January sixth anniversary. It seems like year. It seems like it's not just a year though. It's 
unbelievable. Then it seems like it happened yesterday, and then other times it feels like, wow, they're still talking about this. They just they're beating a dead horse to death. Why are they doing it? Right? How? Why? And they stick together. Like I was saying in the beginning of this uh, show, they stick together. But, you know, you listen to Ted Cruz talk about J6. Really irks me. Ted Cruz was just starting to come back to my good graces, right? Because I like Ted Cruz until I didn't. I think that what he did in the 2016 election, the 2016 election where he got uh, the, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but um, he got uh, the female uh, presidential candidate and uh, she was the HP executive. And... um, and he he declared her his vice presidential choice. And he did that to try to gratuitously and cheaply get, get the women's vote. Carly Fiorina, right? And by the way, I didn't have any help. I got that off the top of my head. Carly Fiorina. He chose Carly. I'll never forget Ted Cruz did that. And what was interesting, too, is uh, Kellyanne Conway was his uh, handler. Until she wasn't, and then she went with Trump. But Ted Cruz, man, sold out. He sold out. And I love some of his stuff that he does in the committees. But look, listen to what he had to say about J6th. Talking, basically, the Merrick Garland talking points. Let's take a listen. Solemn anniversary this week. Uh, And it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this Capitol. We are grateful for that courage. We appreciate uh, the selfless sacrifice uh, of the men and women who who keep us safe. Ashley Babbitt. You know, Richard Burr, the uh, shooter. You know, Jack Posoviak writes, at this moment, one year ago, and this was January 5th he wrote this, someone was planting a pipe bomb at the RNC and DNC. The FBI has never updated us on this investigation. No suspects, no charges, nothing. Yet they're going to talk big about getting to the bottom of things, right? Here's a guy with pipe bombs, probably fake ones. I think they were fake. But nevertheless. And so the Federalist wrote an article and it says, is the FBI ever going to get around to finding the January 6th pipe bomber? Or nah? You know, we just finished the Federalist article where they were talking about the Hunger Games. And basically, they're going to they're gonna pit the racial divide there, too. You know, race, Hunger Games, shortages. They're going to give it to one, a person of one skin color and not the other, the treatments. Um, 
and that's where we got to Ferguson and all these reparations and and there's been a lot of talk about the street thugs and the smash and grab robberies uh, about them um basically these petty crimes uh being considered a form of reparation a form of giving back to the black communities giving them space to destroy their own cities is somehow to the liberals a good thing you know and nobody's ever signed off on reparations nobody's ever voted for it so why right it just divides america it's such so, so stupid that I would be responsible. I'm a Native American Indian and I'm responsible for footing the bill. You know? And I've always made the argument about gratitude in this case. I think that that uh, Native American Indians should have some gratitude for the slaughter of their ancestors. And they should have some gratitude, black people should have some gratitude for the slavery endured by their ancestors. And that if it wasn't for those events, you would never have the Emancipation Proclamation, you would never have the civil rights legislation, or you would never have treaties or reservations or progress in in the ways that we have had them. And we have we should have some gratitude about our Constitution making these things possible for change and advancement and progress. We have the tools thanks to our founding fathers that Obama calls ignorant, racist. But I don't. And here we want to tear their statues down when their their work is still providing us a roadmap to success today. And yet the liberals want to tear their statues down because they stand for equality. And the liberals can't have that. They need censorship on one side and free speech on the other. You know, they want an unlevel playing field. They want equity over equality. Remember, we talked about that in Kamala Harris. So there's so many things that, you know, where they want a rig system. Like I said last week, talking about this Central Park experience where, you know, people would just first come, first serve. That's the American way. No, they changed it. So now you needed a secret pass. They named it in the name of security. And then all of a sudden, all these liberals were getting these passes and all these people that were showing up early couldn't get in. You know, it was just a way to rig the system. And rigging the system is what they've done throughout history, but now they're rigging the elections because they know they can't win, but they think they know best because they're so arrogant. They're like little Hitlers walking all over the place that think they're right and that the mass of people that pay their bills are wrong. And they sell out America every chance they get. And in order to water down the markets, they open the borders and let the floodgates come through. While they sit up high on the hill, we all have to now fight like we're in a a moat for, for our own freedom and our own scraps while they let all these people come in and rape and pillage our communities. And we have to sit there and fight like we're in a moat around the castle. 
And that keeps us occupied. That keeps us pointing fingers at each other. While the rich stay safe and live high up in the castles and the ivory towers of our universities and our institutions. It's not the way it was supposed to be. So we are at a one-year anniversary where the media is having a frenzy talking about it. They want to carry this in to the 2022 election. Nancy Pelosi wants to make this a big part. And that would be fine if only the truth would come out because they were the ones that were in the wrong. But they won't allow the truth to come out. And just like everything else, this is not an investigation. It's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. They're acting like they're investigating and prosecuting. But what they're really doing is they're putting all the evidence that would damn them under seal. They're confiscating all the evidence that would go against them. That's exactly what they're doing, folks. One year after the January 6th chaos, we still want answers about who placed the pipe bombs in front of the RNC and DNC. So what started, uh, it says here, one year after mysterious hooded figure placed two explosives outside the Republican Democratic National Headquarters, federal investigators, corporate media, and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's January 6th commission are mum about the premeditated act of violence. This was before Trump's speech. What started as one of the highest priority investigations for the FBI and the Justice Department, as noted by the Associated Press, was quickly usurped in the public eye by leftist coverage of the Capitol riot. Instead of focusing on why a suspect we was caught on cameras lurking around the RNC and DNC buildings on the evening of January 5th, scrutiny of January 6th has largely been focused on blaming Republicans and tens of thousands of peaceful protesters for the actions of hundreds of fools who vandalized the Capitol. Leftists and their cronies in the corporate media have scrambled to pin the violence from last year on former President uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, and conservative concerned, conservatives concerned about election integrity. They claim that Republican officials and Fox News hosts worked together to plan an insurrection against the government. And... Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. Guess who? Terry from Arkansas. You say I don't ever call in, so I had to call in this morning. <laughs> Sounds great. On the anniversary of the insurrection. Go ahead again. What? Go ahead. Anyway, the insurrection didn't happen on the outside of the Capitol. It happened inside the Capitol under the cover of dark when they, when they certified a coup, the coup 2020 in a fraudulent election that was 100% stolen. That 
bunch that bunch we have in D.C. today absolutely no way utterly represents the people. They are all insurrectionists. Right. Just like the naked, just like the planks of the naked communists said, take over one or both parties. We have a unit party today. They both have the same agenda. One of them's a high-speed rail, and the other one's a slow boat. It depends on how on how you know, it depends on depends on how fast you want to get there. But right. you're not going to change the destination, and that's the problem. Right. I agree. Um, <laughs> And uh, we have to do something about it, and I guess that means we're going to have to have our own private investigating team to find the truth outside of the Department of Justice. One of the things is they they are the ones hiding the evidence, you know? All the evidence that goes against them, they're concealing it from the public. And this is what's been going on with the Russian hoax, with the Ukrainian call, you know, you name it. It's always been under lock and key, a one-sided argument, whether it's the Bob Mueller special counsel, whether it is the uh, Adam Schiff, uh, you know, uh, investigation in the basement of the Capitol. It's always been this way. In the 1800s, it was proposed the 13th Amendment that would have made titles of nobility, which lawyers have, attorneys have a have a title of nobility because they're known as Esquire, yeah. ineligible to hold elected office in the United States. Some say it was ratified, some say it wasn't. Right. I don't know for certain, but that is something that needs to be brought back up. That, that we, have a, we have corruption in the highest levels of the land, and even in the state house levels, just like in Arkansas. Our governor has ties to China, and he's a Republican. And and he went right along with the certification. He couldn't wait to get up there and get up there and and congratulate. Let's go, Brandon. Right. Right. So anyway, that's just my little opinion, and that and a couple of dollars to buy you a bag of chips, though. I'm <laughs> I just I just pissed off American, right? Anyway, you have yourself a wonderful day. I'm glad your health is getting better. And don't take no wooden nickels. All right. Thank you, Terry. Take care and drive safe. Thank you. All right. Bye. Take care now. All right. So now we, I think we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air? Uh, is that me? Yes. Oh, great. What great. is your name and where are you calling from? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Name is Greg. I'm calling from West Virginia. Okay. Wow. Uh, yes, uh, I uh, have a, a, a bit of an opinion on the the reason pol- both political parties are so set against, uh, or so set for, rather. Excuse me, I, I don't talk on the radio very often. So you sound nervous. great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a reason, uh, another take on why they're doing all this persecution, prosecution. It's just it's basically a witch hunt, I think so to speak, um, they were embarrassed on January 6th. They all ran like rats. None of them stood to defend, quote, democracy, as they put it now. You know, everything now is defend, mo- defend democracy, defend democracy. You know, 
that seems to be their buzzword now, where they want to go after anything that is liberal or leaning toward uh, the right side. Um, or not liberal, rather, leaning toward the right side. So uh, they, they were they were basically, they, they show them for what they are. They're just paper tigers. There are... They're, they're cowards, and then they ran. They could have told the guards, uh, they would say, well, the guards ushered us out. They could have told the guards, no, nah, I'm going to stand here. All of them could have said, we're going to stand here, and we're going to defend what we think is going on. So hmm, that's just my uh, take on things. So. You know, and the other thing is I think it was a distraction to what that was all about. Uh, we were talking about election rigging, and it was undeniable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's undeniable. You may not be able to catch them, but you know. Uh, that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. There, 80, and, and there There's not 81 million people that even know who he is. Oh, I mean, he's, oh, you know. Definite, most definitely. But uh, obviously, there was no organization to this, I call it just a mob, just a mob riot, basically, is what it was. And, you know, mobs get out of hand sometimes. And that's all that happened. Uh, these people were basically... Uh, uh, Uncontrolled tourists, let's say. Right, but but there was a leadership that instigated it that was, uh, they were pros. And I think they were part of the FBI. And in fact, there was like 13 different entities uh, that they... Definitely. I have a a friend who has a former friend who was an FBI agent. And this FBI agent guy would tell him things that he didn't think he would probably tell anyone else. But he would tell me... Uh, the, the second guy. And uh, these people are complete scumbags. FBI are complete scumbags. They are the SS of the um, of whichever political power they want to lean toward at the time. And right now they're leaning very much left. So. Yep. Well, okay, hey. well, thank you. I'm going to get off here. I, lo- I like your show. I've been listening for quite a while. so And I'm glad, like the other caller, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing better. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's one day at a time. Uh, that's it. That's it. Oh, uh, heat, too. Put heat. If you have an infection, be sure to keep the area very, very hot. That keeps uh, the healthy blood in that area, and that works wonders to help the medicines that they may be using. So, okay, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. That's really good to know. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, uh, th- you know, I wish my doctors would tell me these things. Um, wow. Um, all right, so I, uh, there was a couple of things I was going for, and I can't seem to find them, um, but that's okay. Uh, we got a lot of different things we want to cover today. Um, I want to go through these and see which ones catch our eye. Um, inconvenient data continues to roll in, suggesting that COVID vaccines actually have negative efficacy against the coronavirus. Omicron continues to surge in highly vaxxed areas, infecting mainly fully vaccinated um, and boosted people. So what does that tell you? That that was written over at the uh, American Greatness, and um, that's one of my favorite publications. Uh, Deborah Hine read her stuff before, um, is talking about this. And I think that more people need to talk about it, that we should, the science is not settled on this, nor was it on climate change. As to 
the cause and effects of climate change. But, you know, there's it's a long article, and it talks about how, you know, most of the people that are getting affected, you take like, uh, if you watch Fox and Friends on Fox News, uh, St- Steve and Peter Ducey, his son, who works at the White House, got Omicron. A couple of them got Delta. And he said Delta hits you in the chest and Omicron hits you in the throat, is what his doctor said. And then Ainsley chimed in and said, well, but doctors are saying different things. But he got it and he was off for, you know, about a week. And he said it wasn't that bad. But it was like, you know, you had a cold in your throat. And uh, I just don't know why we shut down an entire society over this type of thing. And the, and the um, Gateway Pundit writes, you know, here we go again. New COVID variant with 46 mutations named IHU detected in France. So it's another COVID variation. Yet you get people like Macron that are basically saying, we're going to make the unvaccinated lives a living hell. When everybody that's getting infected is vaxxed. But you know what's even weird is... is um, Steve Ducey, which I I like the guy. I do. But he even said, you know, here he is, got sick. And he said, but definitely get vaxxed. He said, and what the doctor said was vax is like a Kevlar, Kevlar armor. It will, won't prevent you from getting sick, but it will prevent you from dying. I don't believe that's true either. So, I mean... The people that are getting sick are saying get the vaccines. For what reason? Because it was my understanding that you get the vaccines because you don't want to get sick. But sick you get, right? That's just been the the way. Cover up. House Republicans demand Nancy Pelosi answer for failures to secure a Capitol building. That's one thing. And breaking. Feds finally admit to running secretive DOJ commandos at January 6th protests. This is according to the Gateway Pundit, where basically four Trump supporters died that day, including two women who were killed by Capitol Hill police. The third woman was nearly killed, but was rescued by Green Beret Jeremy Brown. So when are they going to report this? This was by Newsweek. Newsweek reported this says, we will likely never know how many feds were working that day to sabotage the peaceful protests. And that's exactly what they did. The heads of half a dozen elite government special operations teams met in Quantico. This is according to Newsweek. To go over potential threats, contingencies, and plans for the upcoming joint sessions of Congress, the meeting and the subsequent deployment of these shadowy commandos on January 6th was never before have been revealed. Right after the new year, Jeffrey Rosen, the acting attorney general on January 6th, approved implementation of longstanding contingency plans dealing with the most extreme possibilities an attack on President Donald, uh, Donald Trump, Vice President Pence, a terrorist attack, so on and so forth. 
Rosen made a unilateral decision to make the preparatory steps to deploy Justice Department and so-called national forces. There was no formal request for the Capitol Hill Police, the Secret Service, or the Metropolitan Police Department. In fact, no external request from any agency. The leadership in justice and the FBI anticipated the worst and decided to act independently. The special operations forces lurking behind the scenes. So, so basically, there was DOJ commandos that that basically ran secret commandos to uh, infiltrate and make things worse. From what I'm reading here, with the uh, Gateway pundit, it's disturbing. Just leave it alone, right? Let things happen organically. So Joe Biden's America, record 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November. Huh, that's according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And also, Democrats took control and COVID got worse. There's a whole article written about that. We're going I've read it. It's uh it's what contributes to the the words I'm saying, but I'm not going to go through that particular article. Trump was right. Big tech is a disgrace to democracy. That's another article written over at the Federalist. Big tech represents the ideological enforcers for the Democrat party and they won't stop at anything to silence Republicans. There's a new round of silencing. That's what's that, that's what's so important right now. The uh, the Dr. Um, Malone, the inventor of the uh, vaccines, banned. I'm banned on Facebook. You know, so uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is being silenced, and so uh, it's it's across the board. So what is Pelosi hiding by blocking access to House January 6th records? What is she hiding? And then there's another article that says she's going to be using this as a political weapon. So J6 committee is Pelosi's vehicle for 2022 midterms. This is according to Tristan Justice, staff reporter at The Federal. It's a really good writer. They entirely focus the Donald on Donald Trump because it's just a vehicle for re-election. And the thing is, is that Donald Trump is the only guy that could cause them harm because he's the one that speaks the truth to power. He's the one that has no filter. He's the one that speaks truth, never mind uh, uh, political correctness be damned. And they're afraid of that because... uh, they used political correctness as a weapon until Donald Trump took it and, you know, basically took a match to it and threw it back in their face. Political correctness was their tool of censorship and a weapon. And Donald Trump smashed it. And that's exactly what happened there. But they're using this as a vehicle for political exploitation. Then there's an article that I wanted to get into, uh, probably get into it to tomorrow. Seven ways the left has flipped on COVID since Omicron surfaced. 
And then Emmanuel Macron is dividing America. Oh, this one. Get woke, go broke. Meghan and Harry's charity raised under 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 $50,000 in 2020. Nobody is buying, nobody is investing in their messaging. Medical ethics professor, uh, professor on CNN penalize unvaccinated Americans, deny them affordable health insurance. This is a ethics professor speaking on CNN. A Democrat mayor, Mayor Demings, scolds America's best governor, Ron DeSantis. Take care of Florida, not just the family, while DeSantis' wife receives cancer treatments. That's where the Democrats' heart truly is. Health systems in Michigan, with over 99% vaccination compliance rate, has nearly 700 employees test positive with COVID-19. And health experts finally admit masks control people, not viruses. These masks are the mandates that accompany them, uh, and the masks that accompany them have never been about controlling a virus. They've always been about controlling people. It's almost like when you rob a bank, you put a mask on. You don't want to see people's eyes or their face expressions. If you're playing cards, wearing a mask is an advantage for you. Never let them see you sweat. Big tent launches, big tech launches another new year purge of political dissidents. It was this time last year Silicon Valley rolled out a purge of political dissidents from the 21st century digital public square, and they're doing it again. The Supreme Court should reject Biden's lawless vaccine demand on Friday. And that's uh, the case that they're going to be hearing on Friday, January 7th. They are going to be hearing these cases. And that's going to be a big, big deal. Uh, that brings us really to the end. You know, we had also had a Tucker Carlson uh, clip we're going to, uh, we were going to play. We'll play it tomorrow probably. Um, but we're out of time today. I want to thank the callers that called in. And I want to thank uh, you all for listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And check out buglecall.org and magapack.org. We're using those 501c3 tax-free deductible vehicles to support the America First cause and messaging. And it also helps Red State Talk Radio and uh, the Scott Adams Show as well. So with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.